Good morning. Today, I want to talk to you about the beauty of generosity. The most beautifully generous person in my life was my dad. And if my dad was alive today, he would be the person at Chinese New Year who would be giving out the most red envelopes. And these are red envelopes that you give out Chinese New Year. It was, Chinese New Year was this week, and they're stuffed full of cash. So it's a very lucrative time if you're Chinese. But um, my dad um, passed away in 2015. He was age 64, and he had a very swift battle with cancer. And at the time, He had one grandson, my nephew Theo, who was aged two. And、uh, when my dad was first diagnosed with stage four lung cancer, I remember one of our conversations. I turned to him, and I, in floods of tears, and I said, "Dad, Theo isn't going to remember you at all. He's so young." And I said to him, "You have to write a letter to Theo." And、um, after my dad passed away, when we were tidying up some of his things, we found this word document on his computer. And if it's okay, I'd like to read to you what he wrote. My dearest grandson Theo, by the time you are old enough to read this letter, your gonggong, which means grandfather in Chinese, will have passed away for quite some time. Although I would very much like to talk to you in person and pass on some of my experiences in life to you, sometimes you may never get answers to some of the difficult questions in life. Do not treat everything you want to do in life by putting a financial value on it as a measure of success. That is not the right approach to anything. First of all, you have to have a vision for your life and to think of how to help others when you grow up, especially the poor. In society, be prepared to give any services for free to those in need. We live in a time of great need. Many of us are struggling with our finances, and some of you may be asking, "How can I be generous?" But what does Jesus have to say about generosity? In Matthew twenty-six. Six to thirteen, we read about Jesus and a woman, and one of the most beautiful acts of generosity recorded in the Bible. And it reads like this: While Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste? They asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, "Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done." Will also be told in memory of her. This woman comes to Jesus with her most valuable possession. The other gospel writers speculate that this jar of perfume was worth one year's salary. There are some scholars who think that this jar of perfume could have even been a precious family heirloom. It was valuable. 
And the neck of an alabaster jar is very narrow. It's very thin. And the only way to open it is to break it and pour it out. It's a kind of all or nothing kind of gesture. And what this woman is saying is, I'm all in. This woman perceives who Jesus is, the Son of God. And she prophetically, in an act of faith, pours out this perfume on Jesus' head, anointing him as the Messiah. Jesus is who he says he is. He is the anointed king. And her act of beautiful generosity prepares Jesus for burial because Jesus knows that he is going to die, that he is going to have to lay down his life in an act of beautiful generosity. It is the greatest gift of generosity known in human history. And on the cross, Jesus is poured out for us so that we might have access and relationship with the living God. This is our gospel. Giving is a response to God's generosity. You know, Jesus is totally aware of what is going on in this scene and he is fully in control. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I look out at the world, I feel a lot of fear. But the reality is, the truth that we hold on to is that God is still in control. It doesn't always feel that way, but Jesus is Lord. He is King and he still reigns. We worship and look to God and not money. When Jesus sits on the throne of your heart, that is the place of real freedom. Money might be able to give you more options, but it can never give you true freedom. Friedrich Nietzsche, the German philosopher and cultural critic who shaped modern intellectual history, had a theory that with the absence of a belief in God in Western culture, we would replace God with money. He writes, what was once done for love of God is now done for love of money. Nietzsche foresaw that money in Western culture would become our main counterfeit God. This woman recognises that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is worthy of her worship and adoration. In essence, she comes to God with her heart. This woman's act of worship is extravagant, it's costly, it's sacrificial, and it involves no words. There is no dialogue between Jesus and the woman. This woman only acts because love does. Love acts. You know, sometimes I sit in the worship and I sing to a God who I know loves me, who has laid down his son for me, who has given me everything in my life. And I think about worship that costs me nothing, that requires no sacrifice or action on my part. And I feel deeply challenged. This woman brings her everything to Jesus and pours it out in a beautiful act of generosity. And what this woman does is counterintuitive. It doesn't make sense. Even the disciples don't get it. In fact, they critique it. Don't be surprised when no one understands beautiful generosity, when actually it's criticised or misunderstood. Others might ask you, why are you wasting your time and money in church? 
but Jesus was misunderstood and criticised throughout his life. The passage is not saying here that we aren't meant to care for the poor. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus demonstrates that he stands with the poor and is their fiercest advocate. But the Gospel of Matthew was written with a Jewish lens to a Jewish audience. And in Jewish culture at that time, care for the poor was seen as paramount. It was one's religious duty to care for the poor as if you could earn your way to God by doing good things. But doing good works can never save us. Beautiful generosity is not fueled by obligation. It is out of the overflow of an experience of God's love. We are saved by grace and we can't earn it. I know I don't deserve it. Our acts of service, our generosity, is all done out of an understanding and response to the sacrificial and costly love of God that was made possible to us through Jesus. Do you know how much God loves you? And that extravagant love can be made real to you by the power of the Holy Spirit. When you experience God's love, beautiful generosity, which is counterintuitive, starts to bubble up within us, because Jesus is still at work today through the power of his Holy Spirit. John Wimber was an American pastor and musician. And in 1982, 40 years ago, he came to visit HTB. John Wimber died in 1997, aged 63. And some would say that John Wimber has arguably made one of the most significant contributions to HTB. We probably would not be where we are today if God hadn't sent us John Wimber 40 years ago. John Wimber and his team came and they prayed for our vicar, Nikki Gumbel, in church house outside the car park across from Brompton Road. And when they prayed for Nikki, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. John and his team showed HTB a beautiful generosity. And in the past 40 years, that has shaped who we are and what we value as a church. And this is what John Wimber wrote in one of his books. I remember when I'd been a Christian for about a year and was clearly desiring to do something for the needy and praying for direction about it. At the time, I could have been thought of as poor. Carol and I had four small babies, all under the age of six, and I'd been out of work for several months. I did have a job at the time, but I was only bringing home $87 a week, and I was already tithing on that. As I prayed, God showed me a picture of a hand, which was closed at first, but then it opened up. God then seemed to say, the world tells you to have a tight-fisted hand, particularly if you're in need yourself. It says you've got to cling to everything you've got. It advocates a logical and sensible economy. But that economy is not mine. I want you to see that everything is in my control and to live your life with an open hand. If you do that, I will give you ample resources, both for yourself and for others. God did that for John Wimber. And God has done that for many of us at HTB over the years. 
it is hard to sometimes believe in our day-to-day life that God's economy and kingdom is greater and more powerful than anything else. It will continue long after any human empire or system comes and goes, and it will transcend the test of time. Nothing is wasted in God's economy. Sometimes beautiful generosity isn't logical or sensible. The disciples in this passage are being practical and pragmatic, and sometimes that is required. But God sees the intentions and motivations of the heart, and sometimes matters of the heart take precedence over matters of the mind. You are more than just your brain because God has given you a heart. And all God really wants is your heart. When you give your heart to God and you ask for the Holy Spirit to help you, I believe there is a special grace that allows you to live for Jesus with an open hand. And let me tell you, that is the place of true freedom. Maybe today you feel forgotten or unseen by God. Jesus is fully aware of the details and circumstances of your life. Jesus was fully aware of what was happening in the home of Simon the leper. He saw into this woman's heart and says to this woman that she has done a beautiful thing and that wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will be remembered. And 2,000 years later, we are still remembering this beautiful act of generosity. She has left a legacy of beautiful generosity. God used what she offered him for his plans and purposes. Jesus knows exactly where each one of us is today. And no act of beautiful generosity, no matter how small or big, will ever be forgotten or unseen by God. People sometimes ask me how exactly I ended up at HTB. Shortly after my dad passed away in 2015, I came to HTB to do the bereavement journey, which is a six-week course which helps people to work through grief and loss. It still runs today. And for six consecutive weeks, I would come to South Kensington and I would go to this little hut in the car park here at Brompton Road. And um, I would try and basically put together the broken pieces of my life in a really difficult season. In fact, I think I found it really difficult just to get through the day-to-day life. I was really struggling and I didn't know how to really carry on, how I was just about to continue when everything in my life felt like it had stopped. And I remember sitting in that balcony here at Brompton Road, totally lost in my life. And I'll tell you what I felt. I felt the Holy Spirit and I couldn't shake it off. And I have been here ever since. I am so grateful for the beautiful generosity of this community. I'm so grateful that this community created a safe and compassionate space for me during a very challenging time in my life. And I have to say that my life has been transformed. And every month, it's not always easy. And sometimes it really is a bit of a stretch. I give to HTB because I want to live for Jesus with an open hand. I give by direct debit to HTB every month. 
because I love Jesus and this church has transformed my life. Everything that we do here at HGB cannot happen without you. It is what makes Alpha, the marriage course, the bereavement journey, love your neighbour, refugee response, food bank provision, care for prison leavers, and so much more possible. As we emerge out of this pandemic, I believe the church has a unique opportunity to rise up and play our part. The time is now. Everything we do is offered in the hope that it will point people to the love of Jesus because it is Jesus that transforms lives and it is Jesus who will bring about the transformation of our society. Jesus has left us a lasting legacy of beautiful generosity which continues today through the power of the Holy Spirit. When I think about the legacy I want to leave behind when I'm long gone. Deep down, I think I want to be remembered as someone who's beautifully generous. But if I'm honest, I'm on a journey and I'm not there yet. When I hear about rising inflation, the cost of my weekly shop going up, how skyrocketing utility bills are gonna happen this year, I start to feel panic and fear. Can I afford to be beautifully generous? I think about money every day and I worry about it. I don't have a father, I don't have a husband, and I don't have inherited wealth. And when I think about the panic and anxiety I feel, um, I, I can tend to start to feel like I really need to hustle. Maybe I'm gonna have to start to invest in cryptocurrency or Bitcoin or NFTs. Um, or maybe I should get a side, a side gig, a bit of a hustle on the side. Um, and when I look out to the voices of the world, they will tell me that I need to hustle, that the hustling never stops. If I listen to the world, the world will tell me I will never have or be enough. And it's in those moments that if I quiet myself and I listen to the still, small voice of God who reminds me every day that he is my father he is my husband, he is my protector, he is my provider, he is my rock, he is my refuge. It is those truths that give me the strength and courage to carry on. Jesus wrote this unnamed woman into his story and he can write you into his story if you would like him to today. Everyone has the opportunity to leave a lasting legacy of beautiful generosity. Everyone is invited. Everyone gets to play. Come on, church. Let's rise up and do beautiful things for Jesus today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.